Howdy and welcome to the Ten Week Bible Study. This is week nine, day one of our study of First and Second Timothy. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Second Timothy three, one through five. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to check out all the resources we have over at 10weekbible.com. We need to know the Bible now more than ever. So it may be your time to start leading a Bible study group at your church or in a small group in your home. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us. God, speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you today. We want to know you more. We want to encounter you through your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. With that, let's go ahead and jump into God's word. We'll be reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 1. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. There is a lot in here that we need to probably go one by one. Paul starts rattling off this list of things. And this actually sounds a lot like the list of of malfeasances in Romans chapter one that Paul has has already you know given out to the the church in Rome. This is a, a really fascinating look at it. Really, our culture. Paul uh, Paul is most definitely talking about what's going to be happening in the last days. But we know from the book of Acts that when Peter gets up and he 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 quotes the prophet Joel and says, in the last days, you know, these things are going to happen. Um, 2000, almost 2000 years ago on, on the day of Pentecost in, in Acts chapter two, Peter acknowledged, Hey, this is the beginning of the last days. Peter says that, that this prophecy in Joel, where Joel says in the last days, these things are going to happen. Peter quotes it, says it's going to be blood, fire, billows of smoke, all of this stuff. This is the beginning of all of that. And we're still in those days. So whereas Paul is speaking of a day that's still to come in the future, he's also acknowledging that what what he's talking about is happening right now. What's going on is actually happening today because he's he's telling Timothy, you know, this is going to happen, but listen, this is what they're going to be like and have nothing to do with them, right? So he's pointing to something in the future. He says, you know, in, in there will be terrible times in the last days, and this is what it's going to look like. But he's, he's telling Timothy and anyone else who's reading this in between then and now, if you see these people, don't have anything to do with them. So what we understand is it's a, it's a, it's a, a now but not yet kind of reality, right? It's going to get continually worse, but all of these things are going to be at play for all time, right? There are going to be people that are going to engage in this, but it's really going to go off the charts in the last of the last days before the end times. Jesus talks about how it's going to be wars and rumors of wars, and this is going to continue on until these last days when it really, really ramps up. It's going to it's going to get off the charts really fast. 
But until then, these things are going to continue. But you will know that in the last days, this is going to be you know, completely other than it's, it's going to be uh, in orders of magnitude like it's never been. And so Paul, you know, let's start breaking these things down. Paul says in verse two, people will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money. I mean, my goodness, doesn't that sound like American Western culture, fame culture, TV, movies, social media? I mean, that's that's what that's what we are. It continues on. He says, boastful, proud, abusive. I mean, again. We just have so many stories about all of these different things, right? People, I mean, my goodness, how how many people are boastful on social media? That's practically how you make it big in social media as you brag about stuff that you have, or maybe even you lie about the things that you you have that you don't really have, but you're you're boasting about it to try and make yourself look better than you are. You're proud and abusive. I mean, we just day after day, it feels like we see stories. We read stories about people being abusive. And this is in church, outside of church. This is this is everywhere right now. This is our culture. It's like Paul was looking at our culture right now and describing it. He continues on. He says, they're disobedient to their parents. Again, he says this in Romans chapter one, he talks about people being disobedient to their parents. And this is, you know, really interesting because it feels like in our culture today, this is like, well, of course. It's just how kids are. And this is not exactly how kids have always been with their parents. This is not what we experience, the kind of disobedience and and and, and the way that a normal, at least American child treats their their parents nowadays. It's not always been this way. Not always been this way. Not not by a not by a long shot. And so the things have changed and we accept them a little bit as normal now, but it, and if you've got any years on you, you know that, that it's, it's not always been this way. No, kids always have a bent toward rebellion, you know, from the youngest age, you, you tell a child, don't do that and don't touch that thing. And they kind of slowly look at you and touch it. Um, I don't think that, that that's necessarily new. That's that propensity has always been there in kids, but as they get older, this, this desire to be rebellious and disobedient, it's uh, our culture encourages it, endorses it. And that's not always been the case. In fact, there's still a lot of cultures around the world where not only does it not encourage, those cultures don't encourage kids being disobedient and rebellious. It punishes them. The culture itself punishes them for being disobedient and rebellious. Our culture encourages and rewards young people for being disobedient and rebellious. He continues on. He said, uh, ungrateful, unholy, without love and unforgiving. My goodness, uh, doesn't that sound like cancel culture, right? We are mostly an ungrateful people right now, definitely unholy, even as in holiness is being set apart is what the word means. And so many people, they don't want to be set apart. They don't want to look different. They want to conform. They want to fit in. They want people to like them. They want to be popular. And being popular, fitting in, that is by definition the opposite of being holy. Holy is being set apart where you're going to look different. There's just no way around it. You're going to be in some cases an outcast for living differently, for looking differently. And so if if we're looking to conform, if we're looking to fit in, 
then there's no way to be holy. This idea being without love and unforgiving, again, that's cancel culture to a T, is, hey, we're coming up with a new set of rules, right? Whatever Judeo-Christian rules you've had in the past, we don't like those. We're coming up with a new set of rules. And by the way, they're going to change on a pretty regular basis. And if you don't stay up to date with these rules and conform to these rules and make sure that you've never broken these rules in the past, like we changed the rules this week. And if you've ever done anything against those rules in the past, uh, you're canceled. We would rather you just be dead and gone and not even exist. That's the idea here. This is like completely without love, without mercy, completely unforgiving. There is no way to make right any kind of malfeasance in our culture today that you may or may not have committed in the past or today or in any time past, present, and future, right? That's the, the, the pinnacle of being unforgiving, unmerciful. He continues on. He says, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good and treacherous. Again, just going on and on. This the 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 way that people treat each other nowadays, they're brutal. I mean, this is completely unmerciful. Again, you can read Romans chapter one, and this list almost sounds almost identical to what Paul is saying. This is people who have rejected the nature of God, who've rejected godliness, who've rejected God being in control of their lives. This is what God, what Paul says in Romans 1, what people give themselves over to are all of these attributes, all of these things. And so it, it, it shouldn't surprise us when we see people being treacherous, brutal. I mean, this is the natural progression of things if you throw off the knowledge of God, as he says in Romans 1. He says, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, right? So we see very much that people are rash, that they they make rash decisions, spur-of-the-moment decisions based on their their feelings you know this one this one's interesting right because our our culture in some ways values this we value people being spur of the moment and being spontaneous and 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 there is something to be said for you know being spontaneous and 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 being fun and lively and things like that but a lot of times you know spontaneity and and rash decisions they can be two sides of the same coin right and and a lot of times what we call spontaneous really is just rash. It's it's not thinking it through. It's not having a plan. It's not having discipline, right? It's not being a, a, a boring person like Paul has encouraged us to be over and over again, where it's like you need to pursue godliness and righteousness. And and when you do that, you you think before you speak. You don't just let anything that's in your brain slip off your tongue because very often it's not good right there needs to be that filter we have to have that filter if we're if we're if we're growing in godliness and and some people just by virtue of their personality that filter is better than others but what paul encourages us is no matter where we are in that spectrum we should be working on we should be sanctifying our tongue right bible over and over again talks about how our tongue it's it you know it's this it's this brutal thing 
right? Who can tame it? And so, so this idea of being rash, it's this, it's this speaking without thinking it through, without considering the consequences of our words, sanctification, growing in godliness forces us to get better at that, forces us to think about that and be intentional about what we say and how we say it. And that is the complete opposite of what our culture approves of and and endorses. We want people to be constantly giving hot takes. I mean, we have a 24-7 news cycle that is nothing but rash speech. People jumping on and trying to be the first and, and being the loudest on any issue that comes up every single day. We've got to be rash. We're rewarded for that instead of taking some time and thinking through things before we speak about them. And this idea of being lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, uh, again, this is where our culture is headed. And all of these things, all of these things that we've just read, it's, it's as if our culture is rewarding people for doing these things. And the interesting thing about our culture, and Paul says this here at the end, having a form of godliness but denying its power, right? The the way things are changing that we're watching our culture change right now before our eyes is that it's not this atheistic thing, right? That there's a, a morality in rejecting God and coming up with this new list of rules, again, that are constantly changing. No one can keep up with them, but it's this, this new dogma, this new religion of all of the rules. And it is religious in nature. It's not atheistic in nature. It's religious in nature. It's like, you're a good person. You're a spiritual person. You're a thoughtful person. If you're, you know, the, the, the word now that people love to throw around is woke, you know, but, but you're a, you're a, a thoughtful, you know, spiritual person. If you are doing all of these things, there is this form of godliness to all of these things, but it denies the power of the one true God, the power of forgiveness, the power of grace and mercy the power to overcome sin rather than giving yourself to it. And so it's really interesting that Paul says have nothing to do with such people. The church right now in the West is is in a crisis moment because the church is being forced to, to deal with, are we going to embrace this? Are we going to allow this in the church? Are we going to reject it? And this is what Paul's talking about. All of these things, he's telling Timothy personally, but he's also telling the church, have nothing to do with these things. And we see so many churches giving in to all of these things. We can't do it. We can't do it. We had to reject all of these things. It doesn't mean we reject the people necessarily, but Paul is even going so far as to say, don't have anything to do with people who are encouraging you to take this on. And that's the, that's the other thing. It's, it's not as if, at least in America, it's not as if people are saying, hey, this is what the church stands for, so we want nothing to do with them. We're going to go our own way. No, they want the church. They want religious people. They want Christians in America to conform to this. So there is this, this gravity pulling churches and pulling people into this swirl of all of these things that that Paul says are, are going to be really dangerous in the end times. And we're watching that happen before us. Now, I'm not predicting that we are about to head into the book of Revelation or anything like that, but we are seeing our culture embrace every single one of these aspects that Paul is talking about. 
in in an amazing pace. I think that that some aspects of this, there, there's been cultures throughout history, they have given themselves over to this. And the Lord at times, he he brings about revival, he brings about change, he 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 pulls people back from the cliff over and over again. This has happened throughout history. The end times, the book of Revelation, the the end of all of this is when the Lord stops pulling people back from that cliff. I don't know if we're there or not. I really don't. I don't know if the Lord is going to pull us back from this cliff or if we're jumping off of it. Some days it feels like there's hope that the Lord may pull us pull us back from this. And some days it feels like we are we are just a freight train heading for the edge of that cliff and we're going over it. I don't know where we are. I don't know where we are. But when we read things like this, Paul calls this the, the end times in these last days, it feels like he was reading a newspaper from our culture. It feels like he was on Twitter <laughs> paying attention to what our culture believes and does and thinks and then just reporting it to people in the first century. But as the church, as people of God, we have to reject these things. We have to walk away from them. And and we can't allow them to infect our church, our church life. Now, like Paul's already said, we want to instruct these people with gentleness, but we can't get sucked into this gravitational pull of what they want from us. We have to reject that soundly. We have to. We lose who we are. We lose Jesus in the process. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.